this is Joe and TJ with another episode of our One Thing series. Our desire is that our One Thing series truly helps you to lead better and grow faster. Every month on our podcast, we feature a great guest always on the topic of leadership, and we blast it out to you from the schoolhouse302.com. Thank you, TJ. Please share this with other leaders you know that are looking and craving to get better. Thank you. So here we are with our guest, Lolly Daskal. Thank you for being here, Lolly. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. Excellent. Uh, this month, we are focused on the importance of learning about oneself in, in order to become a more effective leader. We're very excited to have Lolly on our podcast. Our podcast features a great leader that provides key insight in our leadership topic for that particular month. And this month, we are focused on leadership gaps. TJ and I were inspired by your book, The Leadership Gap, and really your work in general. So much of your work speaks to leading with greatness and what is preventing people from doing so and reaching another level. We're impressed with your insight, your unique ability to uncover how people lead, from their gaps, which is counterproductive. So with that, we really look forward to hearing what you have to say about that. TJ, why don't you tell our audience a little more about Lolly? Sure thing, Joe. Our guest this month is Lolly Daskal. Lolly is one of the most sought after executive leadership coaches in the world, and we're super excited to have her on the podcast. Her extensive cross-cultural expertise spans 14 countries, six languages, and hundreds of companies. As founder and CEO of Lead From Within, her proprietary leadership program is engineered to be a catalyst for leaders who want to enhance performance and make a meaningful difference in their companies, their lives, and the world. Based on a mix of modern philosophy, science, and nearly 30 years of coaching top executives, Lolly's perspective on leadership continues to break new ground and produce exceptional results. Well, for many awards and accolades, Lolly was designated as a top 50 leadership and management expert by Inc. Magazine. Her writing has appeared in HBR, Inc.com, Fast Company, Ask the Expert, Huffington Post, Psychology Today, and many, many others. Lolly's proprietary insights are the subject of her book, The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness, which we recommend as one of our top leadership books and selections at the Schoolhouse 302. Okay, Lolly, let's talk about this idea of the leadership gap and what you describe as people very often leading from their gap and not from a position of greatness. You write about seven archetypes, such as the rebel and the navigator, and how within those seven, we possess both the strengths and weaknesses. Can you tell us more about the archetypes and how leaders leverage both their strengths and weaknesses, as you describe, to unleash our greatness. We want to hear anything that you might say about leadership, understanding people, and being more effective. Okay, fantastic. So there's a lot to talk about. So I'm going to try to simplify it in the simplest way. So every single person, that means you and me, all of us, have within us a polarity of character. That means that even though we want to, let's take an example, the first archetype, we want to be confident. We want to be that competent and confident person. There is within us this imposter, a feeling of having self-doubt. 
And in my research, I have found that 99% of individuals have it. That means all of us, except for the 1%. By the way, I coach that individual. But for most of us, we have this polarity. We want to be confident, but we, we are plagued by self-doubt. Now, most people, what they would do is, if you read any leadership book that's out there, will say, play to your strength, play to your strengths. And the big thing about my rethink system, which is the seven archetypes, is that we must recognize both. Because if we don't recognize that we have self-doubt, what will happen is the self-doubt will become bigger and bigger within us. Let me give you an illustration, something to think about. Think about a balloon and it's filled with air and it well, has a lot of air in it. And let's say you squeeze down on the left side of the balloon. That's where is your self-doubt. You squeeze it, you don't wanna notice it, you don't wanna talk about it, you don't wanna see it. What happens within the balloon when you squeeze on one side? It just blows up on the other side. And that's how our gaps work. They become bigger if we don't own it, if we don't talk about it, if we're not aware of it. I always tell my clients, what we don't own ends up owning us. So it's very, very important to realize, yes, if I want to be a confident person, I'm first going to have to own my self-doubt in order to find my greatness. Lolly, we agree with all of that. And you're right. Most of the leadership work out there does say soar with your strengths. And there's a lot of that makes sense to that. What you describe, though, also requires people to be vulnerable. Do you have suggestions for people that they can get to that level of owning their weaknesses where they can have the insight and the reflection to do so? Absolutely. The first thing that anybody has to do is self-awareness, self-reflection. If we don't spend those quiet moments reviewing or rethinking who we are, then we're not going to be able to deal with our weaknesses or our self-doubts or anything, all those polarities that are within us. Because most of us, we want to come across as confident, confident, confident. So all everything that you read says, fake it till you make it. That is the worst advice I have ever heard. And the thing is, we have to be aware of ourselves and understand ourselves. So let's take this whole idea of wanting to be a more confident person, but we're plagued by self-doubt. We have to realize, where does self-doubt even come from? Self-doubt comes from this idea of the imposter syndrome. The imposter syndrome is described as an individual feeling they're not good enough and they're not capable enough or maybe they're not smart enough. But what does that really mean? If we take apart the imposter syndrome, the foundational element of the imposter syndrome comes from when we as an individual start comparing ourselves to others. The moment we have the awareness that we say to ourselves, oh, I want to be more like Joe. Oh, no, I want to be more like TJ. Or I want to be more like Eleanor. Or whatever we do in our minds when we start comparing ourselves is the moment we stepped into the imposter syndrome. So if we have that awareness, what do we do? Every single person that suffers from the imposter syndrome can do this. They can stop looking over their shoulder. They can stop looking at what everybody else is doing. And what they really need to do in order to embrace their greatness 
is to lead from within, is to find within themselves the confident, in order to find their confidence, is to find their competence and their capabilities. Because if you tap into what you're really good at and you grow that and you develop it, you only get better. I always say that confidence is knowing you're able, but competence is being able to do it. So if you wanna be able to do it, tap into your competence and your capabilities. That's how each person can really deflect and bridge the gaps between feeling a self-doubt person and being a confident person. That was great, Lolly. Thank you. I, you know, as we indicated in the pre-show, so much of our listeners are educators, and we could see that that advice also spilling right into students, empowering them. Because, um, you know, so much of our work is to get them to a whole new level of learning, which really is about their own competence, their own capability. Um, so that is going to resonate a lot with our listeners. Let's move on to our, our five one thing series leadership questions. Um, our first question within the five, who is one person or group who you follow for either knowledge or inspiration and where could we find them? So one thing about myself is that I am a student of life. And so I read a book a day in order to gain knowledge. But I have three mentors that I read over and over and over again. Because my mentors come from books, my three individuals that I would love <laughs> to have dinner one day with is Viktor Frankl, Joseph Campbell, and Carl Gustav Jung. I won't have it in this lifetime, but if I can sit together with these three individuals, they have groomed me, mentored me, developed me into being the individual of who I am today. That's great, Lolly. Those books are, are those authors are fantastic. Um, is there, it seems like that's a lot of focus on psychology uh, for one, maybe positive psychology and reinforcement there. Is there a reason for that in particular? Absolutely. Because the thing is, if you have a conversation on the word leadership, most individuals will talk about procedures and processes. And what I realized with working with individuals is that if I tell an individual, this is what you have to do, I'll tell you the how, I'll tell you the when, I'll tell you the where, I'll even tell you the why. If they don't have the who they are together, nothing will be successful. You cannot embrace your greatness. Viktor Frankl, Joseph Campbell, Carl Gustav Jung taught me it's the who you are being as you are leading in your life. That's where you find your greatness. That's where once you get to know who you are, you know what's important to you, you know what you stand for, you know your gaps, then you can realize how to work with the how, the when, the where, the what, and even the why. That's super insightful. It's really important. It couples with your idea about self-reflection and knowing yourself first um, before trying to lead others. I think a, a question that many of our guests are going to ask with a book a day is how. Do you have a routine that you have developed for um, consumption of a book a day? Joe and I have our Read This series, and we recommend three books a month, and we've gotten the question a lot about you know, how do you do that? So one of our things is we provide a, a tip for reading. Do you have a tip for how to get to one book a day? Because that's just an awesome goal. 
absolutely. And I am a big um, believer in discipline and rituals. And what does that mean? That means that if I really want to get something done, there is a discipline in my life so I could have freedom in order to do it. Because I really believe the more discipline you have, the more freedom you're able to have. And so that means that in the morning, this works for me. So I'm only going to share what works for me. In the morning, early in the morning, because I believe true leaders wake up before everybody else does. Some go to the gym. Some go, um, I don't know, have big breakfast. Some run to the office. I open a book. And I make sure to spend that time learning something I didn't know yesterday. Because guess what it does? If I know something different today that I didn't know yesterday, I can share that information with those that I meet. And I always feel that it's very important to leave people better because they've met you. And I have, I've been doing this for over 37 years. So you can imagine how many books I've read. And it's a ritual that I do, a discipline that I do, that has given me exponential returns. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. 365 books a year. It's a wonderful goal. It's going to be inspiration for our listeners. Our next question, um, what's one thing that people should try to do on a regular basis that might make a difference in their day or life? So most of us, we're all about doing what should I be doing? What should I be doing today? What should I be doing tomorrow? What's on my to-do list? And the biggest thing that I'm a big component of is stop being the doing person and start being the being. Who are you being? And that means take the time to breathe. Take the time to do nothing. Take the time to think and rethink what you are doing. Because if we're constantly doing we're not doing things at an excellent pace. The ones that are truly creative, the ones that are truly innovative, take the time to reflect and take the time to start thinking about themselves as a being. Who am I? What do I want to accomplish? How do I want to accomplish it? And I'm a big component of putting into my day of quiet time. Some people call it meditation, some call it exercise, whatever you have to do. Take at least five minutes a day. That's all it takes is five minutes a day of just shutting everything down and concentrate on who you are and breathe through it. There are ideas that will come. Some people are very creative in the shower. It's that same concept. You know, when you're taking a long walk, all of a sudden you have, oh, you, everything that you thought wasn't working all of a sudden gets connected. That's what those five minutes do. Yeah, I don't think we could say, Lolly, enough about being still. We were recently introduced to this concept of ma in Japanese culture and learning to live in the silence and space between structures just to quiet down a little bit to hear um, what's not being said. So we truly appreciate that insight. What's one thing that you want to know? or be able to do that you don't do already? <laughs> oh my God, there's so many things. Um, and that's why I read all the time. So what is one thing I don't know? There are many things I don't know. Um, uh, what's one thing I wanna learn? How do, you know, the thing is, I in my stillness a lot, I always ask myself, 
what mark will you leave and how will you leave it? And I still haven't figured out how I'm going to do it. That's great. It's, a, it's an important reflection question for all of us in terms of our impact and our legacy. Joe and I talked a lot about that um, in terms of what value we're going to add when we leave this world. So it's a really, really important question for our listeners. And so thank you for per- providing that. Um, what's one thing that led to or continues to support your growth as a leader that others can replicate? We appreciate the the books and the reading, but is there something else that you do that continues to support your growth as a person, as a leader? Absolutely. So I'll talk about another ritual that I do on a daily basis. So the first thing is definitely reading because that's where my growth comes from. Secondly, What's very, very important is to do this little ritual, which helps the imposter syndrome within all of us. And the question that I ask myself every single night at the end of the day is, what did you do really great today? And how did you add value today? And this is a two-part question. And this first part of the question really is very, very important because most of us spend our time saying, I didn't do this right. I could have done this better. Why didn't I do this? So if we concentrate on what did I do right, and you start to add up, oh, wow, I did that okay. That was good. I added value here. And so you start to take stock of what you've done right. The second part of that question is, what can I do better tomorrow? And that is about inner growth. That is about development. So I recognize that I've done something good but I'm also growing myself and developing developing myself for tomorrow. And this ritual is a very, very important ritual for myself. Thank you, Lolly. Yeah, it's interesting you use the term rituals too, because I think a lot of times people, and you said it earlier too about the discipline and the focus, but when you bring it into a ritual, you see something more than just, I have a task to complete that this is something that's a part of my life because this is a journey I'm developing each and every day. Lolly, earlier on in the interview, you had mentioned you've had a, a fantastic career. It's spanned decades now. You've been introduced to a lot of people and you've helped and served a lot of people. What's one thing that you used to think that you don't anymore? What a great question. Um, hmm. What is one thing? Well, the imposter syndrome for me was almost like a badge of honor. It used to be something when I first started in the industry, I was, I didn't wake up one morning and decide, okay, I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to coach leaders around the world. And when an individual approached me at a class that I was teaching, he said, I would love for you to be my individual coach and teach me about leadership. And the first thing that happened was, the imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. And for the first time, I'll never forget where I was standing. I said, sure, I can do that. And the moment I said I can do that, I, I, I said to, after I hung up the call, I said, okay, now let me go back to Columbia and take more classes. And what do I need to learn? And I started to create a curriculum for myself because I said to myself, if I'm really going to do this, I better be the best coach that I could be. And so until today, I still take myself back to school on a daily basis, 
I go, what can we learn? What program don't I know? What can I enroll and learn more? What part of psychology haven't I learned about? What can I learn about business? So this idea of constantly being a student and really helps me with things that I used to think about myself that today maybe I don't think about myself. Yeah, that's great for our listeners, too, to hear that it's kind of a growth mindset mixed with confidence as well as humility. It's this kind of like mixture that you bring to the table about vulnerability, but also an I can do that um, mindset. So thank you for sharing that. And I, I think we'll take a lot away from that in terms of how we can approach our own growth, but then also using our own growth experiences to help others grow. I really like that. So there you have it. Uh, simple strategies for anyone listening. Um, that's the key to leadership. We always say that leadership might be complex, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And so we really thank you, Lolly, for being on the show today. Is there anything else uh, that you would like to add for today for our listeners? Absolutely. Most people, when... I talk about greatness and I've been talking about it for three decades. They always ask me the same question. Who are those people that are great? And I'm always surprised by that question because the truth is that every single individual can be great. It's not for a selected few. So it's every single person listening to this right now. All you have to do is to embrace your greatness because there's greatness within you. It's not for that person out there or for the person that you know, for the person you're going to meet. It's for who you are within. That's where the greatness lies. So embrace it. Well, we love that. Embrace your greatness. There you have it, everyone. Another great podcast, another great guest. Don't forget to follow our blog, theschoolhouse302.com for blog posts, podcasts, and video blogs all on the topic of leadership. And we hope you enjoyed our One Thing series on how leaders can understand themselves better to unleash their greatness. Thank you so much, Lolly, for being a guest on our show. Thank you so much.